0: Well, good morning, church. How we doing? We are in our Christmas series that we are calling The Gift. And it's a Christmas series that's all about prayer, specifically praying scripture. And so when you came in this morning, you should have gotten a blue sheet that looks like this. If somehow you dodged our ushers and you need a blue sheet, can I ask you to put your hand up? He's got a couple down here. If the ushers don't see you, wave your arms, jump up and down, they'll get to you. The idea for this series actually came to me this summer. Uh, Prayer is one of our vision points as a church, where we say that we will push prayer into our environments, that we will pray as our first resort. And I read this really great book by this gentleman, Donald S. Whitney, who's got this book, Praying the Bible. It is an easy read, 100 pages, and it is all about praying scripture. And as I read that book, I thought, wow, um, it really impressed me and has has essentially changed the way that I pray, making my prayers much more simple. I think making my, my prayers much more powerful, and it all comes from scripture. Because during this Christmas season, we celebrate God's gift to us in and through Jesus. And because of Jesus, we we have this opportunity for a very real, a very deep, a very personal relationship with God. And one of the primary ways that we experience that relationship is through prayer, is through conversation with God as we listen to him, as we speak to him, as we seek his face. This open invitation that is ours to come and all because of that first Christmas, all because of Jesus. But yet if we're honest and we called this out last week, where we actually raised our hands on this in that most of us, if not all of us, struggle with prayer. And we pushed it even further. And we said, well, well, what are some of the ways in which we struggle with prayer? And we made a list. We find we, we find a struggle to find time to pray. We struggle with distractions. We struggle with our own pride. We struggle with the importance of prayer. We struggle with the questions, does God even care? Is God even listening And then even beyond, yes, we struggle with prayer, and even beyond the ways that we struggle with prayer, we ask the question, why? And we looked at, out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, this story where King Jehoshaphat of Judah has, has this army coming at him, and he and his people have no idea what to do, but in not knowing what to do, they do exactly what they should do, and they call out to God's power, They recognize their own poverty. And moving from there, that we said that for us in 2016, that that we so often, one of the primary reasons that we fail to see God's power, that we fail to see our own poverty, is because that we are way too comfortable. That we are, if we are seeing reality correctly, that we live in a, a broken, painful World that we control nothing. And yes, we are desperate. Yes, we are needy. Yes, we are poor, but we are not alone. And so that brought us to what is probably my, my favorite picture that I think helps us, helps us. It gives us just a picture of what prayer is. And it's this picture of a little baby that can barely totter along, reaching up, and her strong dad reaching down. And that is such a great picture of prayer because here's the thing, to use the analogy of this picture, as we reach out for, for our strong dad's hand to, to lead us, to guide us, to provide for us, to protect us, God says that if we reach out, if we reach out to him in prayer that, that he will reach down. That if we seek him, if we seek him with all of our hearts, that he will listen to us. And so while there are many, many different ways to pray, ways to capture our poverty, ways to beg God for his power, the way that we're going to chase across this series is praying scripture. And I want to make this easy for us because here's what I notice about these kind of conversations when it comes to prayer. It's so often we get so wrapped up in talking about the technique of prayer or the science of prayer that we miss the simple joy of what prayer is. It's like this. So I trail run, which means I am on any given day out in the middle of the woods and it is quiet and it is peaceful And the only sound might be the wind in the trees. And and as you run, you get the smell of, of, of the forest. And you never know what's around the next corner, over the next bend. And it's hard for me to describe that simple joy that comes from trail running. So Monday a week ago, I was out. And I hardly ever fall, but I fell. I hit the ground. I got up, and I ran 100 yards, and I fell again. And as I'm laying there looking up at the sky, I have this picture. So these majestic trees reaching up into this blue, blue sky and that, that last splash of color left on the leaves, and for me, that describes the simple joy of running in the woods. Now, I was going to show you a picture of me laying on the ground because I flipped my camera around, not a selfie because I don't do that, but my kids said, do not show that. So... You don't get to see that. But I have to be careful because there is actually a science to running. And so as I run, I'm going through this checklist in my head. Is my head back? Are my shoulders back? But are they relaxed? What's what's the angle of my arms? As I run, are they crossing my body? Because they should not be. Am I leaning forward, not from my waist, but from... But from my ankles what are my hips doing as I run is, is my footfall in front of my knee under my knee behind my knee is it a heel strike which is bad or a midfoot strike or a forefoot strike what's the ideal cadence because because ideally the most effective running cadence is 180 steps a minute and so if I'm thinking about the science of running guess what happens I miss out on the joy of trail running and I don't want that to be us when it comes to prayer. I do not want us to miss out on the joy that is yours that you can go in conversation anytime you want about anything to the almighty God of the universe. And so we're going to keep this simple. We're going to look at the nuts and bolts of what it means to pray scripture. Because the technique is already built into the text, right? Praying scripture actually helps us with the things that we just mentioned that we wrestle with. And so let's, let's start it off this way. I want you to tell me what are some of the things that you typically pray for? Live question, hit me up. Family. What else? Security, health, I heard something else. What's that, safety? Safety. Wisdom. What's that? Friends. Friends. Protection. Sometimes like pulling teeth with you guys, but you guys are on it this morning. This is awesome. We pray for these crisis situations that we have in our lives. We pray for finances. We pray for our jobs. We uh, We pray for our church. And so by using scripture to pray for the things that we're praying for already, we get a greater sense that we are praying biblical prayers, right? That might be obvious, but we've got to call that out. We get a greater sense that we are praying God's will because we're using his word. We've got a greater opportunity to lock onto the the true meaning, the real meaning of the scripture because as we pray scripture, it forces us to go slow. We get a greater sense of a kingdom perspective versus praying from our own, maybe short sighted perspective. We get an expanded range, right? We get new ways to pray for the things that we typically pray for day after day after day after day. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we see this For the word of God is alive and powerful, it is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Johnny Erickson taught and reflecting on this idea of praying scripture, and this verse that we just looked at says this, I have learned to season my prayers with the word of God. It's, it's a way of talking to God in his language, speaking his dialect, using his vernacular, employing his idioms. It's not a matter simply of divine vocabulary. It's a matter of power. When we bring God's word directly into our praying, we are bringing God's power into our praying. God's word is living, and so it infuses our prayers with life and vitality. God's word is also active, injecting energy and power into our prayer. Now, I'm sure that, that Johnny Erickson Tata is a great lady, but we can do better than that. If we look to Scripture, we see that the New Testament church in the book of Acts, they pray Scripture. If we look to Jesus, we can find instances where, where, where Jesus prays Scripture. Again, please hear me say that there are many, many different ways to pray Praying scripture is only one of those ways, but there is a simplicity that comes with simply opening your Bible and allowing the words that you see there to shape the prayer that you are engaging in conversation with God with. When you are dry, when your heart is cold, when you are afraid, when you are overwhelmed, when you don't know what to pray, it is, is as simple as opening up your Bible and using the words that you see there as a springboard to your own prayers. When you are distracted, one of the things that we just mentioned that we struggle with, when you are distracted, you simply go back to the words and allow the words to pull you back on track. So let's walk this out. One of the things that we just said that, that, we, that we struggle with or that, that we pray for say it that way, one of the things that we just said that we pray, pray for is our family. So for me, that, that's me praying for my wife and my kids. And when I pray for my kids especially, I pray that God would help them in their day, that God would incline their hearts towards him, that God would, that God would protect them, that God would bless them. But what if I take that prayer, that thing that, that so many of us are praying for, that, that, that prayer for my kids, and I allow Scripture to shape that prayer? So one of the easiest places to jump into Scripture and make that your springboard for, for prayer is the Psalms. So if we go to the very first psalm, Psalm chapter 1, here's what we see. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. So if I let these words, the meaning of these words, shape my prayer, that prayer for God to bless my kids becomes something far richer. I pray things like, God... May my kids know joy, may they, may they truly know the joy of knowing you, of being in relationship with you. God, give them wisdom as they choose their friends. Allow them to see that, that, that the wrong influence of friends can actually steal the joy that you desire them to have. Protect them from the kind of people that would pull them away from you, but at the same time, give them a heart for those kind of people, that they would have a voice and a positive influence with those kind of kids that might be the wrong influence. God, draw my kids to yourself that you and your ways would be their delight. Allow me to show them what that tangibly looks like lived out in everyday life. Let them put their, their, their roots deep into you, deep into your word. God, prosper them. See what I'm doing? I'm just taking the words that are in front of me, and I'm allowing that to give voice to my prayer. God, bless my kids. So there's some questions with this. The first question might be this. What if I'm praying a scripture and... I run into a verse and either nothing comes in terms of how do I pray that or I don't even understand what the verse means. I give you permission to skip that verse. Right? Super easy. Another question. Say I'm praying out of the Psalms and I run into a Psalm like Psalms 58.6 where the Psalmist says of wicked people, Oh God, break the teeth in their mouths. Now maybe you're thinking, Good, I've got people that I want to see their teeth broken. Let me ask you to not pray that way, but rather realize the heart behind that prayer. That this is the psalmist who is experiencing the pain of living in this fallen world. And as they write those words, their heart is crying out for rescue. Their heart is crying out for justice. Their heart is crying out that things be set right. Exactly what we celebrate during this Christmas season. That Jesus has come. That we have a rescuer. That there is a day of justice coming. That Jesus even now is setting all things right. You might have this question, Brian, some of those psalms are crazy long. What do I do with those? You don't have to pray the whole thing. If you're praying out of the psalms, just pray until you run out of either a psalm or time, but you don't have to pray every verse. So I don't want this series to be us talking about prayer. I especially don't want this series to be me talking to you about prayer, but I want this series to be about us Praying together. So here's how we're going to do this. This is where the blue sheet comes in. I'll ask you to go ahead and and pull this thing out. So we're going to pray the first eight verses of Psalms 27 right here, right now, on your own. So this sheet that you have in front of you, you'll see the verses, and then every couple of verses you'll see a bullet point with uh, an italicized prayer prompt. You don't have to use those, but, but I've I provided those because maybe you're thinking, Brian, I have no idea what you're talking about. Or I might read this, and what if I don't get anything to pray about while I'm trying to help you out? Maybe you don't need those at all, so do not let those get in your way. Maybe when you realize that this psalm is about David saying, hey, I've got evil people who are coming after me. I've got enemies who are attacking me, And yet he starts in verse 1 by saying, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? To realize that David, in the face of physical harm, is more concerned about who his rescuer is and his glory, more concerned about his rescuer than he is his own personal rescue. There's something there to pray about. So, don't let the prayer prompts get in your way. We're going to read through the whole thing in its entirety, and then I'm going to turn you loose. So Psalms 27, verses 1 through 8. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord. I am coming. So, as we've read those verses together, maybe a situation of concern pops into your head. You've got your sheet. We're going to go quiet for seven minutes as we pray together. Let's pray. All right, I'll call you back. So this is a live question. How did it go? What's your feedback? Maybe some of you are thinking, you won't say this to me, but man, that was super awkward. (laughs) Middle of a sermon, we just stop and spend seven minutes in silence. Not comfortable for all of us, but that's okay but what did you find as you prayed scripture it's your feedback closeness and depth depth. what else Susan's the only one with feedback fired fired up Yeah, did you hear that? Ginny gets fired up because she knows that when she is putting scripture into her prayers that she is making that prayer powerful. That's why we're doing this. Seems less selfish of a prayer. Did you find as you prayed that your focus was more on God and less about you? Did it seem like a real conversation? You're reading his words to you and you're talking back. Did you find your mind wandering less? Right? You get distracted, you just come back to the page. Did you think more deeply about what the scripture was actually saying because you're forced to go slow? Did you pray in ways that might be different from the way that you normally pray? See, there's a simple beauty that comes just just by opening God's word and praying those words, his words, back to him. See, during this season of, of Advent, this season that is all about the joy of Christmas, all about the implications of Emmanuel, God with us, and the joy that's there, there is a joy that is ours through prayer as we walk out our relationship with God through prayer. See, yes, we struggle with prayer, and we've listed out the ways in which we struggle, but at the end of the day, prayer is not meant to be a struggle, but prayer is, is meant to be a joy, and we'll keep walking out the simplicity of this joy throughout this series over this Christmas season. If you're here this morning and you are, are not getting that, that joy piece, it's right there in verse 8 of what we just read where David the psalmist writes, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. That the sovereign creator, king of the universe has invited you to come and not only extended that invitation out to you, but has provided you the means by which you can come through the blood of Jesus that there is no more condemnation, there is no more guilt, there is no more shame for anyone who has trusted in Jesus. That now because of of the gift of that very first Christmas, that that baby in the manger, the savior of the world, that despite your sin, despite your, your poverty, despite your brokenness, despite your desperation, That God has made a way for you to be a child through Jesus and he invites us to come. And if that's not joy, I don't know what is.